Unspoken Issues. Next up, we're at number three on the list. Young Blood number one. So you had this at number three. I had it at number four. I didn't really go much over the reasoning why they wanted to leave uh, Marvel. Liefeld's thing that he, he kind of has pointed to is he did New Mutants, launched, you know, introduced Cable, Deadpool, launched X-Force, huge hit. Like as soon as X-Force came out, basically, he found out, oh, they're doing a toy line of X-Force characters, which he thought mm. that, was, that was awesome, you know, and he, right. he's, gonna, he's getting royalties. He's, he made a million dollars, I think, off of X-Force number one on royalties. So like wow. he was making really good money. But his thing was. If I'm doing my own stuff, I get to keep all the money. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, if, I, if Marvel's making all this money off of toys of my creations, these characters are making an impact. If I'm doing this on my own, I'm, I'm going to be benefiting even more. So that was kind of, I think, the genesis of his desire to start looking into doing his own thing. And then he, I guess he tried, he was going to do executioners, stepped on some toes with that. So then uh, went with Youngblood instead, I guess. So yeah, yeah April 92, Youngblood number one, the first image comic. I assume you're like me and you think of the home team cover as the main cover to this book. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. Uh, that's because it is, it's a flip book. There's two stories, there's two covers. So the home team with Shaft and, and Bedrock. And Die Hard, Chapel, the most popular or famous, whatever, Youngblood characters uh, are, are on that. That that seems to be the main cover most people think of. Right. Yeah, that's the one I remember seeing. That's the one I was like, oh, man, I've got to get my hands on that at some point. I don't think I ever saw it until, gosh, I want to say I got this at an auction. Yeah, I did. Actually, it was last year. I might have shared the video where I was going through a bunch of comics. And I think Youngblood one, number one was, I think it was in that collection. Plus, I, had a, I think I had a Liefeld signed Judgment. It was an issue of Judgment Day. And I think mm. Liefeld signed it. Nice. So now as to whether it's a legit. It doesn't really increase the value. So there's no reason for people to be forging signatures. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. So I thought this was a hard to, you know, this was one of those issues where I was like, oh, I, I got to get my hands on it. You know, this is this is it. This is the launch title. This is the thing. This is Rob Liefeld bringing you young blood. So I was I was pumped and I was excited. Let's start with the home team. Just like you said, this is a flip book. So let's talk about the home team story first. So I'm going to run down the characters. You give your level best. Do a quick description of them. <laughs> okay. um, so created by Rob Liefeld, plot pencils and inks by Rob Liefeld, dialogue by Hank Canals, color design by Brian Murray, color separations by Digital Chameleon. So the Youngblood home team. Tell us about Bedrock. Bedrock is my probably second favorite comic book character <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, behind Darkhawk or maybe third behind Prime. They're all right there in, in the top three. But uh, yeah, uh, Bedrock is a 13 year old boy whose father was a scientist and experimented on him. Or maybe, you know, I, actually, I think what happened was his dad had some kind of chemical formula and the boy took it, like drank it and it turned him into Bedrock. Oh, so he's basically man. a giant stone man, kind of like, you know, a lot of people want to compare him with. The, he's like a cross between the Hulk and the thing, I guess, except instead of like orange rock, he's more like a smooth concrete style yeah. stone guy. I got that. Yeah. OK. How about combat? Combat is an alien warrior. <laughs> um, I believe his home planet is Catelia. Uh, Photon is a member of the away team. And I believe they are from warring races um, yes. from that from that planet. Not sure. I think they were stranded on Earth together somehow, but I don't know the details. Okay. All right. How about Chapel? 
Chapel is a mercenary uh, soldier um, who killed Al Simmons and then yep. got a cushy job with Youngblood somehow. <laughs> Vogue? Uh, Vogue is a Russian defector from the, uh, I guess, the maybe from the KGB. Uh, she's like a gymnast. So but no like superpowers, I don't think. Just kind of a Black super Widow. athlete type. Yeah. Okay. All right. Die Hard. Die Hard is a cyborg, and I don't know that it's revealed until maybe the Youngblood Strike Pile miniseries that he is like a World War II era superhero who is still around thanks to the government basically turning him into a cyborg to keep him alive, I guess. (laughs) All right. And then we have Shaft. Uh, Shaft is an archer, former FBI dude who is now leading Youngblood, just kind of kind of new on the job at this point, I think. And he uh, has a bow and arrow, but no string on the bow. It is like some kind of anti-grav uh, thing on his on his super high-tech bow that he uses. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Uh, at first, I was like, maybe there's a stylistic choice of not drawing the string because the string's so hard to see. But, <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah I believe it's explained in... Maybe on a trading card or and uh, maybe Lifehella just mentioned it in interviews or something. I'm, I'm not sure where that is noted, but I've heard that before that there's okay. it's like uh, it's a quirk of the technology. It's not that there's no string. It doesn't need a string. All right. OK, well, here's our story. Shaft is shopping uh, when he sees a uh, when he stops a young thief in a Washington, D.C. mall. However, it was just a ruse to distract him. But even though he has no arrows, he is able to throw an ink pen with such precision that he takes a would-be assassin out. So, yeah, I think this assassin puts up this uh, kid uh, to basically steal a purse, I think. Shaft finds this ink pen, throws it at this guy. who's way far away, nails him, <laughs> takes the assassin out. Now, before getting grilled by the media, Shaft has to leave as he is getting called back to HQ. At the home of Thomas John McCall, a.k.a. Bedrock, he receives the same summons while eating breakfast at his mom's house. Die Hard is awakened and Chapel also wakes from a fun night with a lovely lady. And they both are uh, called as well. Vogue makes the team wait, but eventually responds. And she says she made him wait like five hours or something. <laughs> and I'm like, now that's bull because you're fired after hour one. <laughs> there, there's no way. Uh, so, yes, yeah, she finally responds. And when they arrive, they are notified that the villains known as the four which are Deadlock, Starbright, Strongarm, and Gage, are making an attempt to escape. I think two of them are captured, and the other two are trying to rescue them somehow out of this uh, armored car. Arriving at the scene, Die Hard immediately engages with Strongarm, and we finish the issue with the rest of the team preparing for battle. Am I missing anything? I think you got it. That's it. I mean, this is a flip book, so when you're talking 32 pages, so that's 16 pages apiece you're not going to get a whole lot of story out there, or at least you're going to leave enough to where you're going to want them to come back for more next issue. Yeah. Uh, so that is the home team's uh, story. I don't know what bedrock's eating there, but it, it's, <laughs> it doesn't look good. <laughs> Some kind of like green slime. is what it looks Yeah. Like. And he doesn't, he's not eating it. Well, he's like, eating it like a bowl of cereal, but it's like all coming out of his mouth. Like okay, he's drooling dude, and stuff. That's not good. It's so <laughs> nasty. Chapel's got a great look. I love Chapel's look with the whole skull painted on his face. Love that. This issue more, or this part more than the, the away team part, I think kind of it, it's laying the groundwork for the fact that uh, these are like celebrity superheroes, like which was a, a theme that's been explored more since then, but was, wasn't completely new. It, it was a kind of a novelty at this point. So like, you know, Shaft gets attacked 
you know, he was set up or whatever, but like there's a commotion. So suddenly there's all this media around him and it's like one of the, he's like, how'd you guys get here so fast? Right. And one of the reporters, like I've been following you all day. Uh, yeah. So it's almost like paparazzi's following him around, you know, chapel is laying down this lady, uh, you know, who is seemingly is getting with him just because of his celebrity. Right. Cause you know, he basically says young blood members is, he says he says in reference to her, young blood membership had, uh, has its privileges. So right, um, she knows kind of laying the groundwork for that. That it th- these are like not just superheroes; they're like uh, they're they're celebrities as well. So right, yeah. not a lot of action really, um, and and kind of disappointing. Like as soon as they show up to deal with the four, uh, you know, we get a couple of punches from Die Hard, and then we get a cool two page spread of the other guys showing up to get in on the action, and then it's. That's it. <laughs> Time for the second story. Right, right. Well, okay. So let's uh, let's head over to the away team here. So we got Brahma. Uh, do your best to describe Brahma. Uh, Brahma is the away team's strong guy. I don't really know anything about Brahma. Uh, he's big. He's bigger even than Bedrock, I think. Um, but yeah, just a big bruiser guy with like blonde hair. I knew so less about the away team. Yeah, the away <laughs> so team is, much is not, you know, Sentinel is probably the most popular. Right. He's the leader of the away saying, team. That's kind of saying something. Yeah. He's not popular at all. Yeah, I mean, when you think Youngblood, I think most people normally think Shaft, Die Hard, Chapel, Bedrock. Those are the right. ones that, those are like the big name Youngblood characters. So, yeah. Yeah. Riptide. Yeah. What, what, what's going on with Riptide? Uh, Riptide is a female character who uses water, kind of like Iceman, but with water instead of ice. Right. <laughs> she she kind of floats around on it. She can even generate it in the desert, which she mentions in this issue that it's hard to do, but she can still do it in desert conditions as well. Mm-hmm. Then we got Photon. Uh, Photon, alien, the other Catillon, uh, along with Combat that we mentioned earlier. You know, interestingly, Photon is on the cover here but appears in the home team story. Right. And combat is on the cover with the home team, but he appears in the away team story. Yeah. Yeah. That's which, I mean, I guess that could be like, well, they're interchangeable. You know, if somebody's needed, they'll go to the away team, whatever. So, but just kind of interesting that it worked out that way. But yeah, photon has got a cool visual. He's, you know, got a humanoid form, uh, you know, as far as body and everything and face, but then his head comes to like two points, almost like Wolverine's mask, but, but higher. And then he's got like green flame coming from the back of his head or maybe from, from his head. I don't know. Is that, is, is that just like where his brain is? is I don't is know. The green flame, like his mind. I don't know. It doesn't really, I don't think we ever really get an explanation for that, but Weird. he looks cool. Yeah, he does. Then we have Sci-Fire. Uh, yeah. Sci-Fire kind of just a dude in a black and, and green spandex suit. Uh, but um, he's he's kind of floating around. We got like a, kind of a green aura around him and around his eyes as well, which kind of we'll talk more about, I guess, when he uses his powers in the book. <laughs> OK, then we have Sentinel. We just kind of talked about him. Uh, looks like he's give, give me an idea who Sentinel is. African-American leader of the team. He's got uh, a power suit kind of like. I kind of think he's kind of like an Iron Man type and no helmet, but he's got like a power suit. He flies around, can shoot blasts and stuff from that. Okay. And then last but not least, Cougar. Cougar um, is kind of like a cat man. 
I think it's pretty much <laughs> kind of like a werewolf, that's, but a cat. Right. That's, that's kind of how I think of Cougar. I believe he was initially going to be Timberwolf. I think maybe he was part of a pitch that Liefeld had for a Legion book, maybe, or oh, something. Oh, okay. And he repurposed it as Cougar. I'm not 100% sure on that, but he's got he's got like a, a costume that's kind of like a brown and white motif with like some, like, with like cat stuff. You know, he got like, has a cat head belt buckle and and cat eyes on his on his suit like uh, the the straps of his suit. We got we got some trouble brewing in Cairo where Hassan Hussein, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Hassan Hussein has attacked. However, the US has sent one of its most efficient fighting forces to deal with the matter. The young blood away team drops right in the middle of the action. Combat and Cougar sharing some dialogue at how they are excited for the challenge. Sci-Fire taking some jabs at Riptide. Now, during this time, they fu- they believe they found Hassan uh, when all of a sudden they are taken by surprise by Hassan's synapse weapon, all except for Sci-Fire. Combat is built for combat huh? and is having a fist fight <laughs> with a large mech. Um, Sci-Fire explodes Hassan's head. So, oh boy. Uh, now, that happens off panel. That doesn't happen like straight in front of everybody like right. in front of the reader but it it definitely but it happens. does happen to his bodyguards in panel you may not know what's going on with it but but that when you know that's what's happening that's what it looks like i see it yeah yeah it's the big mech bodyguards yeah there i see it yeah so sci-fire explodes hassan's head the other team sees the result and are kind of squeamish but the news reports the next day that hussein committed suicide Hey, the government's got to cover it up. Uh, so I think that's <laughs> yeah, kind of where we end it. Explain his suicide in the paper. Basically, it says Hussein apparently unpinned a grenade while holding it in his mouth. Oh my gosh! Uh, well, that's yeah, that would happen. Uh, that's what yeah, would that's happen to your head go if you're gonna <laughs> kill yourself. I guess. Yeah, and and again, you were. Uh, we got our um, celebrity that you were talking about here with, with like the U.S. Today. Not the USA today, US today. <laughs> some nods to some potential other extreme yeah. properties. Battlestone with a, with a still at large with private brigade. <laughs> so, and we get a kind of a picture of Battlestone there with a signature skull, uh, where his hair begins in the middle it's of the forehead. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's it. That is uh, the away team's adventure. They they head down and or they head over to Cairo. Stop a. Uh, a uh, political big baddie and by killing him pretty gruesomely. And that's about it. We, we learn a little bit about some of these guys throughout this story, but that's, yeah, that's kind of where we leave it. The home team is where like most of my favorite characters are. I think as, as with most people, but the Hawaii team is where all the action is in this issue. Cause it's basically, you know, page two, the action starts and it doesn't stop till the, <laughs> till the end They're Right. They're, they're fighting soldiers and then they're fighting guys in mech suits. Uh, and then there's tanks <laughs> like they're, they're just kind of, it's like a video game. They're going, they're leveling up and up and up till they get closer and closer to the compound. And then, and then there's like a booby trap that kind of takes some of them out before sci-fire takes over. But, but yeah, a lot of cool action in, in this, uh, in this storyline, this, this part of the story. I mean, yeah, it's dynamic. Liefeld can do some action. Like yeah. <laughs> that is his bread and butter. When he's got some fights going on or people getting mm-hmm. ready for fights, people looking menacing to get ready to go out to fight. Mm-hmm. It's on. Teeth. He, he, yeah, he does a great job of, of just getting that intensity 
mm-hmm. onto the page. I love it. I, I that's one of the reasons why I think I ranked this high was because we are getting what I came to the what I <laughs> what I wanted from the image show. This is what I wanted from the image show. I wanted some action. I wanted some blood. We get. I think this might be one of the bloodier books. It's a really simple story. Maybe the most we learn about a character is probably I don't know. There's combat that he's in basically that he's an alien that kind of gets addressed right you know cougars kind of got his moment to act catty and you know riptide (laughs) is doing her thing and sci-fi is kind of a jerk a little bit you know and everybody everybody else on the home team we get to see them as well we kind of learn a little bit about learning a little bit about them and this is your typical first issue introduction piece but like I said, it's life out at the helm, and it looks fantastic, in my opinion. I didn't see a problem with any feet anywhere. The <laughs> feet look just fine, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I have no problems with it. Um, but I uh, really like the effect of Sci-Fi's the glow around his eyes. That's really I've always thought that was really cool, like a really striking image. He's kind of got this red, this orange aura going on, mm-hmm. and then those green eyes. Like you said, it looks it looks pretty sick. He's almost like a uh, seems like a a Jean Grey with no moral compass. <laughs> like if, right. if, if if she was like, well, I'll just kill this guy. <laughs> and that's funny can. because that uh, that is very similar to what I've seen Liefeld do with like Supreme as Superman with the same mm-hmm. situation. His moral compass is. Definitely not aligned to what <laughs> Superman says. That's for sure. That's the extreme part of Liefeld, in my opinion. That's where the extreme <laughs> part of things come in, man, because he just takes it to a whole other level with these people or maybe subtracts a few things and makes it all that much more compelling. You know, in relation to how the series progresses, like we talked about earlier, the home team has got all the, like, the characters most people think of and associate with Youngwood. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of surprising in a way because... This issue, most of the action is with the away team. And then issue two, the focus is completely on the away team. That's the first appearance of Profit. And the away team is with the group that discovers, you know, Profit and and unleashes him out of his suspended animation or whatever. And we don't see the home team again until issue three, I think. So it's kind of surprising that there's so much of the away team in the first couple issues but yet they're not as they're, they they weren't the 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 characters that really st- which part of it might be you know the ones that really get the focus are the ones that Liefeld cares most about and maybe right. he gravitated more towards those home team characters or whatever but I just thought it was kind of interesting that the first two issues Man. are mostly about the away team and then they're not they're the least popular characters also like just the matter of fact way that Sci-Fire after he kills Kusain or whatever like the other characters are all showing up and seeing his handiwork and he's just kind of like. Completely emotionless. <laughs> right. He, he's doesn't, just doesn't perfectly fine with it. They, they reference him in issue two, I think. He basically gets punished for this, where they have like these dampeners on him where he can't use his powers, so he's not really any help. <laughs> you know, oh. so, and I think the only time you really see him, even though he's clearly the most powerful character, <laughs> I think yeah. the only time you really see him after this, in the in the stuff that I the material that I've actually read, is the Youngblood hardcover that they released about 15 years later where Liefeld went back and redrew the fifth issue, which he initially did not draw himself. And and he redrew the last like 10 or 12 pages of that. And they changed the story around some and sci-fi played a part in that. But 
Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, basically from the original miniseries, this was the only thing sci-fi ever did. <laughs> and then he kind of disappeared basically, but wow. Well, pick a panel, man. Let's see what you got here. You got a Liefeld, a young blood I'll, number one. Um, I'll let Look you pick. I'll let you pick first, and then I'll pick a panel from the other story so we can get one from each. Ah, all right, all right. Well, then I'll go with the home team here. Uh, There's not a whole – why did I do this? Why did I do this to myself? There's not not a whole lot of action. I'm not – okay, I will criticize – I don't understand the physics of diehards (laughs) – like, I don't know if he's jumping and then arching his back backwards and punching this guy with both fists. I yeah, that figure, is an awkward pose, isn't it? <laughs> I cannot figure that physics out. I don't know what's going on there, but I will go with a lot of strain on the groin there. It looks like <laughs> I'd have there's a hernia involved uh, <laughs> doing this stretch right here, whatever he's doing. I want to go with the very next panel, though, where he is that last page. I think he's, he's nailing strong arm and strong arms flying. I like that. We didn't really talk about this with Spawn, but it was very evident in Spawn. Like, panels can go to hell sometimes. Uh, like, <laughs> as in, like, there's no panel here. It, this yeah. is just, like, it, it, this is some of the craziest, sometimes nonsensical way of uh, of getting art across on the page. Now, that's not this, because this there, there's two panels here. It's just that both of these characters are breaking the panel, which looks awesome. Yeah. You know, it makes it seem that much more alive. Almost makes it seem kind of 3D a little bit. Like it's busting off of this page. Strong arm is coming, you know, out of the panel because mm. Die Hard hit him so hard. So there you go. There's my panel. More 3D to come. There's a teaser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my panel from the from the away team. I'm going to have to go with Sci-Fi exploding Kusain's oh, man. <laughs> really uh he's kind of floating there with all the energy around him and and you just see part of Hussein's Hussein's body and the blood just splattering everywhere that next page like with him where uh he's just kind of you know his eyes are he's killed Kusain mm. and there's a bunch of like streaks all over his face they're black but you know yeah. that that's blood right the blood splattered <laughs> onto his face that's sick that's good mm-hmm. looking stuff man there's like the computer coloring like in its early days here too like where uh his eyes are colored green with that clearly that like computer coloring effect mm-hmm. and, which is kind of it's it's eerie looking uh, and the same thing with the panel right before Hussein's head explodes he's got that kind of that weird like computer coloring in his eyes as well so gives it kind of an otherworldly look kind of cool looking a little little hype job on the cover on one side rob liefeld young blood the next generation of heroes first exciting issue and on the other the flip book uh for the away team first explosive issue so it's exciting and explosive did i ever tell you about how i my lcs would put the cover up for one side and the cover up on the other side uh, or the other the other so cover you, up. I think there were two. I would think that there was two separate <laughs> issues. Oh man! And I wonder if he actually. I wonder how many people actually bought two of those issues, thinking they were two separate issues of Young Boy. I'm sure plenty. Yeah. Yeah. Count me in on that. Bastards. Um, <laughs> Thanks for joining us. 
Unspoken Issues is part of the UnspokenDecade.com, the home for 90s comics, blogs, and podcasts. Unspoken Issues also has a Facebook group you can join if you are interested. Just search the Unspoken Issues podcast and request to join. All of this would not be possible without W2Mnet.com and the Rattelich and Broadcasting Network, so make sure to seek them out for more podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please feel free to share, and we look forward to entertaining you again soon. Ha <laughs> ha!